Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breslin Breakdown here on this very, very cold Tuesday afternoon here in East Lansing. Myself, Matt Merrifield, and the rest of the women's basketball beat here for Impact is in the basement of Holden Hall recording yet another episode here of the Breslin Breakdown. Everybody's here today, Marin Klein, Jada Coster, Allie Cohen, all here to discuss the last week of Michigan State women's basketball and the big upcoming week as it's once again rivalry week for the second time this year as the Spartans take on Michigan at home on Sunday. But we still have a lot to get to before that. Starting off, was not a great past week for Michigan State since the last time we met. Uh, started off just a rough weekend in general. Michigan State only played one game this week. But first off, on Saturday morning, head coach Susie Merchant was involved in a car accident. Uh, she had a medical incident that caused the crash, I believe. She was in the hospital for a couple days. I believe yesterday she went home. Um, there's been no information on what happened other than now she's home and sounds like she's in good condition. Other than that, uh, head, uh, associate head coach Dean Lockwood has taken over head coaching position for now until Coach Merchant can return to the bench. So I think we all can agree that we're wishing for the best for Coach Susie Merchant, hope she can make a speedy recovery. And uh, we're all thinking about her right now. And then back to basketball on Sunday afternoon, Michigan State traveled to Champaign without, without Coach Merchant and took on 22nd-ranked Illinois Spartans fell 86 to 76 in that one. So a tough loss to handle there, especially not having their head coach with them for that one. So definitely a tough situation. And the Spartans are going to have to bounce back this upcoming week. They t- travel to Nebraska on Thursday night and to play the Cornhuskers in a big conference game. And like I said, mentioned before, they're hosting Michigan on Sunday, who they, the Spartans lost to the Wolverines a couple weeks ago in Ann Arbor. So looking to get some revenge there. But first, before we get into the basketball talk, we have our question of the day. And this question was brought by Jay DeCoster. So, Jay, I'll let you ask the question of the day. Yeah, what is your favorite Breslin Center food? Because we all cover the games. I'm sure our wonderful SID, Kara Fisher, gives us some meal slips here and there. When we get our meal slips. When we get our meal slips. Not always, so we need to get more often. But uh, what is your favorite Breslin Center food? Matt, you're the host. I'm going to start with you. All right. um, I've been an avid supporter of this. Breslin Center and Spartan Stadium hot dogs hit on a different level they are so good the only problem is when they're burnt sometimes they're a little too they're just they just burn them they forget about them in the steamer but when they're not they hit so good like on a fall saturday because the same hot dogs at both games on a fall saturday when you've had nothing to eat all morning it's three thirty in the afternoon to get a hot dog especially when you use your combo nothing hits better or when it's halftime and the spartans are down by 20 to iowa it just it just hits different. I don't know about the rest I, of I've you. told you multiple times that the Spartan the Spartan Stadium hot dog slash Resident Center hot dog is not the best. It's of great. course, the last time I had it, which was the Rutgers men's basketball game, I got it burnt. So that was nice. that was good. the burnt ones are disgusting. The burnt ones yeah, are bad. It was, it was, it was not the best hot dog I've ever had. But yeah, I mean, when you're very hungry, it's it's not it's not bad. But for me, I would go with the chicken tenders. I had it for the because I was filling in for. Our guy, our guy Luca Maloney at the at the men's basketball game against Iowa. Chicken tenders are very good. So that with a Sierra Mist, love it. So. I was compared to Cane's chicken tenders. Uh, we're well, not doing this argument again. I know we're not. This argument. I mean, well, I love the Cane sauce, so I've had it a few times. Like <laughs> we need we need Cane sauce at Spartan Stadium and the Breslin Center. That would make, make it everything happen. better. So many Big Ten schools are sponsored by Cane's. Why are we not? Imagine we're if we had those Cane's in Spartan Stadium. They is sponsored by Harper's. No free ads. No free ads, by the Ooh. way. That place sucks. Not that I've ever been there, but... Um, <laughs> all right, who's next? Uh, Allie, you can go. Um, okay. I like the tenders, but I'm going to be different. One of the hot pretzels. Love the hot pretzels. Okay. With cheese or with mustard? Um, Personally, I'm a cheese person, but Wrong. either Good is answer. fine. No. 
I like the cheese. The Mu- cheese. It's a mustard. And the cheese. Three to one, Matt. Anyways, you guys are wrong. You just don't have taste. But nachos are a close then. second. Oh, I like I the nachos too. We're running out of food to talk. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Marin, what's your favorite food? Um, I have to agree with Jay. The chicken tender fry combo, always a plus. That's probably my go to. But to also be a little different, shout out Owen owes us for putting me on melting moments because melting moments are so good. Had never had one before. That's a good ice cream sandwich. I actually, the first time I got one was at a hockey game, but they have them at all MSU sporting events, and I enjoy a good melting moment every now and then. So good. Very I mean, good. the only issue with melting moments is you can't get them with your meal pass, I don't think. I think you have to actually you pay can. five. No, you can. You can? You can. It or, te- or it says for, the- for another, for another um, news outlet, I can. Well, that news outlet is not... Is inferior to impact. So, uh, but okay. But anyways, um, I mean, we love all student media outlets here at Michigan State. On but the meal passes we get, it says no other vendors. Like you have to go to like one of the. That's the yeah. way they make it seem. Maybe you yeah. can. The, you, guys, you, can I, you definitely can because Big Ten Plus but, gets no free ads. But, <laughs> but you get, I do know you get, get what our our passes are fifteen bucks. Yeah, they yeah. Are. yeah. Okay. and it's the same. It's the same passes as the ones. They're all the same passes, so you can definitely use them. Because I've watched certain people get like five melting moments with their meal passes and just have them like sitting there during. I'll, the game. I'll have to do some investigating at our next home Shout game. Shout out on to the Seven Eleven by the Hub, which is where I live, or which is they have melting moments there. Yeah, they, have they melting do melting moments in there. I think I go like once a week to just go get one. They have them Dude, the one in that downtown too. Yeah, they have one in um, Mary's face. I wish everyone I've, could see. I've right seen now. them at Shout Out Macomb, Michigan. I've seen them at the Seven Eleven at my okay, hometown. They're not a thing in New England. I've they're never not, they're heard not of them. They're not thing in Chicago. They're a Michigan State thing. It's a Michigan State thing. But, but I will be hitting Seven Eleven push after this, folks. Shut up, Shut up, Payne Thor on the cover. <laughs> oh God! Not, not, uh, anyway, anyways. Um, now let's get into the basketball talk. Um, let's recap the game from Sunday. Michigan State traveled down to Champaign to take on twenty second ranked Illinois. Michigan State fell to the Fighting Illini in that one, eighty six to seventy six. Kamari McDaniel twenty three points in that one, her sixth twenty plus point performance of the season. Wasn't enough for the Spartans. Four different Spartans finished in double digits, but Makira Cook and Genesis Genesis Bryant really stepped for Illinois in that one, both putting up 20-plus. Uh, just overall a tough loss. I mean, I know it was busy on Sundays. Most of us were you know, maybe watching football, watching the conference championship games, but uh, if anybody has any input just on some of the reaction they saw and noticed from that one. Yeah, Makira, Makira Cook, Illinois' Illinois's best player. I mean, she, she did what she did with 26 points, and... Getting the line ten and going for ten for ten is 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 is, um, is pretty impressive. And just the rest of the team, I mean, they're Illinois is a very deep roster. I think you know we saw that coming in and Kendall uh, Bostic putting up ten, which I thought was a little surprising considering MSU hasn't done a great job against um, big men down low. So it was it was kind of nice. It was kind of encouraging to see um, you know Bostic not have like a, an amazing game. So other than that, Illinois is just a very good team and they're they're and they're and they're a force and a very deep team. So. Uh, I think something that really stuck out to me was Matilda Eck did not have a good day, only four points. She shot 0 for 5 uh, beyond the arc, only 2 for 8. And that's just not something that we've really seen from her this entire season. She's usually one of the people up there getting points and behind Kamari McDaniel with her 23 most other players on the team didn't have too many points. The only other players in double digits, Tyre Parks had 13, Didi Hageman had 10, Mo Joyner had 11, a lot lower than K-Max 23, 
And Eck is usually a player you will see up there, even in the bad games, getting those double digits. And she was not having a good day. Yeah, I think another telling stat in this one, on top of just, you know, Matilda Eck didn't have a great game, but Michigan State as a team went 8 for 11 from the free throw line. Not bad, especially for the struggles they've had. Uh, but typically we see them get to line, you know, they take 20, 22 attempts a game most most nights, only had 11. And then the other side, Illinois went 23 for 24 from the free throw line. Oh, that'll that, win that, 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 I mean, that's going to win you that'll games. That'll do it. I mean, 23 for 24, your two leading scorers, and Makira Cook and Genesis Bryant were 10 for 10 and 8 for 8. Like, I mean, Makira Cook had, was 8 for 21 from the field and 0 for 3, but she finished with 26 because she hit her free throws. Um, if you look at it, of the... Five players that went to the line, only one of them didn't make a shot. Yeah, Jayla Odin, as I'm looking at this, uh, mm-hmm. the, all their starters knocked down all their free throws. Um, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna win a basketball mm-hmm. game. And I think, yeah, and I think one of you mentioned, I think it was UJ about Kendall Bostic. Um, something we didn't mention last week. She's a transfer. She started off mm-hmm. at Michigan State at her freshman year before leaving mm-hmm. for Illinois, uh, the leading rebounder in the Big Ten, and she didn't have the best night. Had ten and nine, which is still a very solid night, four or five from the field. But I think that the centers for Michigan State, both Isley and Alexander and Tiger Parks, both uh, showed up in that one. They combined for 21 points and nine rebounds together. And uh, that they've kind of been like a one-two combo. So to get that pr- production from both of them, I think is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I think everyone pretty much covered it. The thing that stuck out to me the most, like Marin said, was uh, you just can't do that if you're this team's one of the, their main leaders, second leading scorer, veteran starter. That's just not acceptable, but hopefully she can get that back for the games this week. Yeah, it's going to be important for her to find, find her stroke, and obviously everybody has off games, and she's been very consistent just in a game like that. Michigan State was down in the second half. Uh, they got to within five, I believe. They were down by as many as 14 in the fourth quarter, then got to within five. So just another story of them just keeping it close, hanging around, thinking that they might make a push, and then just coming up just short once again as they fell by 10. Uh, last person I want to highlight is Didi Hageman. Actually had a pretty good game. Only had 10 points, but 8 assists. Um, she's been playing really well the last couple uh, last couple weeks. She's starting to step up, uh, move the ball a lot better. Her assist numbers have definitely been improving. and I think even her jump shots have been a lot more improved from last year especially. So it's been nice to see from her as now we're going to get into the upcoming games this week. Starting off on Thursday night at 8.30 in Lincoln. Michigan State takes on 12-9 and Nebraska. The Cornhuskers coming to this one 4-6 and in conference play. They just played Sunday or Saturday against Iowa. They traveled to Iowa, lost that one 80-76. to um, Jazz Shelley and Alexis Markowski are their two big players for this one. Uh, just, you know, Michigan State, the back's kind of up against the wall. How are the Spartans going to be able to get this one done? Yeah, I mean, on the road at um – at Nebraska's, I mean, it's going to be tough, even though Nebraska's 12-9 the season. I mean, they're not anything special. But, you know, you mentioned, Matt, with Jazz Shelley and, and, and those and those players. I mean, they're, they're going to be tough to stop. I mean, Alexis Markowski, I mean, part of their two leading scorers. I think, you know, for this team, you just you have to be able to rely on, first of all, Matilda Eck has to have a better game. And then K-Mac continued to shoot the ball much better like she did against Illinois. You just got to have all-around great good performances from all five year starters in order to be able to get this down the road. So, yeah, I think uh, the real focus is going to be on uh, Alexis Markowski. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, they have four scores out averaging or double averaging double digits in points. Um, Shelley has tw- averaging twelve a game. Markowski's averaging twelve, and then they have uh, Isabel Bourne and Allison Weidner. Is that how you say it? Uh, Weidner. Uh, they're all averaging. They're both averaging ten points a game. But Markowski's averaging twelve and nine and a half rebounds a game. 
So it's going to be another, you know, kind of similar situation to Kendall Bostic of just Tiger Parks, Nice Lanes, Alexander are going to have to step up. And obviously they did against Illinois and Michigan State couldn't get it done in that one. That's for other reasons that they can't not let happen again. But just it's going to be interesting to see how Michigan State matches up down low as that's going to be another important matchup to watch in this one. Agreed. And it would, nice, <clears throat> it would be nice to see more Spartans come out a little bit more on the score sheet. Nice to see. We've been seeing some production from Abby Kimball. Would nice to see her go up well against Nebraska. Theron Halleck has been fairly quiet recently. And um, I think it's important that Michigan State works on that shooting. I think it's been a consistent thing this whole season with them uh, working on not just being at the line, but field goals, three-point shots. In general, their percentages have been fairly low, except for a few players like Eck and Kamaria McDaniel. And I think the team's really going to work on trying to have more diversity in scoring. Yeah, and I think to add to that, I mean, I think I feel like we saw this a bunch during this season. Like, Michigan State has to be a team that's you know not as good as their next as their next opponent, which is going to be Michigan on Sunday, and that's a rivalry game. It's a game. I mean, it's at home. It's going to be tough, but I think they can be able to pull that off. I mean, you just got to be able to take care of business against a four and six Nebraska team in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I think. I mean, Al, if you have have anything to add, but I just think for this one, it's just right now, Nebraska currently in the last bracketology, which was updated this morning, Nebraska is one of the last four teams in, Mm -hmm. so they are a tournament team, and if Michigan State wants any chance, they have eight games left on the schedule, they're going to pretty much need to win almost all of them. I I guess you could drop Maryland or Michigan, one of them you can't drop two because there are only two ranked opponents left on your schedule, and then you'll probably have to win a couple games in the tournament to really make sure it's safe. Um, and going to Nebraska is a game you have to win. They're a borderline tournament team, and if you want to jump them to find your way into the picture, they're they're just going to have to get it done this weekend, or on Thursday night, I should say. Yeah, for sure. So uh, now we're going to move into the biggest game of the week for Michigan State, Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. More than likely, I don't think we've gotten approval for it yet, but Allie it's, and it's, I— It's approved. Did we get approved for it? I was told today it was approved. Oh, Sir Dank didn't text me that, but that's fine. Anyways. <laughs> I was I guess, told by our wonderful sports director, Brendan. Oh, Brendan told you, Shabazz. even though technically that's not his well, job. But And Cam. They were both. Cam McLaren also. Well, anyways. Both today. We're approved. That's I just saw point. Sam Kurtzman walk by. Maybe he can tell me too. Um, but anyway. So, we are approved. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, folks. We are broadcasting at 3 o'clock on Sunday. Allie and I will be on the call for that one. Uh, Mich- they welcome Michigan into town. They're seventeen and five on the year, seven and four in conference play. The Spartans already played Michigan this year earlier this year uh, back on January fourteenth. Michigan won that one seventy to fifty five. We talked about that in the Breslin breakdown. Um, just com- from that game, all of us except for Marin were at that one. Just I'm gonna start with you. I just from what happened two weeks ago. How can Michigan State bounce back, and what do they need to fix from that one if they want to pull off the upset on Sunday afternoon? I think the upside is very possible just because rivalry game on your home court, always a huge advantage. But because they had some very noticeable mistakes in the last game, hopefully they can focus on those and fix. Like they left the arc wide open. Michigan is not normally a team that is throwing up a bunch of threes. And I have it up right now. They made. Which I have the box for. Okay. They were nine. Yeah. They were nine for 20 from three. Normally in the press conference, Michigan has Michigan's head coach was like, we weren't expecting that in the best way possible for us. So that's definitely something that they need to stop this time. And just Michigan State was very inconsistent on their own end. Like only Kamara McDaniel got double digits, which isn't normally an issue for this team. Like against 
Illinois, we did have four double-digit scores, even though that was not a great performance. So as long as their offense can get it done and they can play some better, stronger defense, hopefully it should be it should be very winnable. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, those are all great points, but I also think you limit the turnovers early. I mean, we saw Michigan State, I think, turn the ball over, what was it, like 16 they, times in the first half? They had more travel violations yes. than field goals made in the first quarter. That's my favorite stat this year. I, I think that's Woo! my key. Like, if Michigan want, or if MSU wants to pull this off at home, you just you got to limit the turnovers against a really good team like this. You know, with Leophilia and Brown, I mean, all all those all those players are going to kill you if you if you continue to do that. So yeah, I think I think uh, Allie touched on it how their head coach. <laughs> wow, um, just this is a quick side uh, mention, but now two of us at this table have had our fathers call us. That's a lie because Dan just texted me. Tried calling you. Looks like you're oh at Impact. God. Call us later. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, wow, Kevin's Ke- Ke- please, Mr. Klein, Mr. Kevin Klein, can you please call Marin right now so we can complete everybody? So, I guess the dads just really want us to want to talk to their children right now. That is wild that that happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was really close to texting him and being like, "You're the only father of the women's basketball team that hasn't called me." You should text him after the Get episode, it. but we still have time because we still have to close out talking about Michigan. But anyway, shout he's, out to the he's dads. He's prepping for a good old journey to the great state of Michigan this I, weekend. We welcome so. him. I cannot but, wait to see him. But yes, anyway, I, I think Steve and Mary Jo are going to come up s- in some point in February. Mike, so. Mike and Jody were here last weekend, so I mean, just so are Dan and Nan. We got we need to beat. Parents. We need a, we did an yes. ep- parents episode. We'll, we'll work on that. But anyway, back to Michigan. Um, Allie, you touched on it. How Michigan, uh, Michigan's head coach, her name is escaping me right now, talked about the game. The team's game plans got flipped. Michigan, normally an inside team, worked shot very well from outside, went 9 for 20. Michigan State tried attacking inside. It didn't work. They're a much smaller team. So and I think the biggest thing is forcing turnovers. Michigan, I believe, had six turnovers against Michigan State, and Michigan State's top 10 in the country last time I checked in turnover margin, and Michigan State lost the turnover margin in that one by, like, 13, which I think that's that's easily the worst they've ever been out. out they've Easily the worst turnover issues they've had all season. Marin. I would like to say... I know I've said this a few times. Position, not positions. The situation was fairly similar similar last year in both games against Michigan during those rivalry matches. And in East Lansing, Michigan State pulled off the upset. Could they do that this year? Maybe. Who knows? It's, People are talking. Thing, things, everything is possible, technically. Technically, if K-Mac, I mean. They did not. Well, K-Mac 30-burger. Yeah. They did not play beautifully at the Chrysler Center the last time I was there. Mm. Maybe the maybe we just need Marin Klein in the building for some magic to win. Marin Klein is going to hopefully be there. Hopefully. They're doing a we need a they're doing a whiteout, so Are, is it a whiteout? Go green wear white, I believe. It so. is also National yeah. Women in Sports Day. Shout I d- out. I, s- I did see that. Shout out Marin. <laughs> Look at us <laughs> guys. And my point was home field advantage. Is a real thing. They play on a court. Home court advantage <laughs> is a real thing. It's a figure you of tell speech. Him, Marin. Yep. It's a figure you of speech. Him. I think everybody knew what I meant. But anyways. Anyway, okay. Anyways, back to this. Back to the. My last point about Michigan, Michigan State is last time these two teams met, Kamari McDaniel did not play well. She went four for sixteen from the field, only had twelve points. She was the only Spartan in double digits. Um, I, they just need the supporting cast to step up. Matilda Eck didn't play great last game, obviously, against Illinois. She didn't play well against Michigan either. 
Um, and when D.D. Hageman and Mo Joyner combined going 0 for 8 from 3 is typically not a recipe for success. Mo Joyner was in foul trouble in that game, so she really could never get going, get into a rhythm offensively because they had added her to the starting lineup for that game specifically, and then the wheels kind of fell off. So I don't think that's going to happen this week. We can kind of get into our weekly predictions right now. Um, so, I mean, I guess we could just kind of get into it. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with you, Marin. Just, you know... We ha- usually we have the optimist or the pessimist in the room. What do you want to be this week? See, last week I was the optimist, and it really didn't. Go it well. never works out. This team kind of just—they don't like brains on our parade. And I know I did just say, like I just made the whole point about last year, but I'm gonna say one for one. They'll go get it done at Nebraska. I think the Michigan game could be a close one, but I think Michigan will come out with the win. Unfortunately, as See, much as it. I hate to say as that. Much, yeah, as much as we all dislike Leaves the University a bad of taste in my mouth. But. See, I'm going one-on-one, and one, but they lose to Nebraska and they beat oh, Michigan. Jada wow. JDC, wow. this so is the second week in a row. I'm kind of optimist. This is the second so. week in a row. I was going that, that we've been the same because I was going that same thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a rivalry game at home. I think, I mean, the, the presence that will be packed, I think they could be able to get, I think, first of all, I think Mario McDaniel will have a better game than shooting four for 16. Um, uh, against against your rival, I don't, I don't think they'll happen again. So we need a, so they need a good game from her, and then yeah, I, I think I think MSU gets it done against Michigan. So I agree. I think that they're gonna come out angry. Hopefully, get it done. Like like Jay said, Kamara McDaniel is gonna drop more than twelve. No one else had double digits last time. Hopefully, Eck Hageman. We know we talked to Mo Joyner. She was angry. Hopefully, she'll come out and be ready. Yeah, Mo. Going into the first Michigan game, guaranteed victory against the Wolverines in Ann Arbor, and that Maybe did not happen. She should use that energy to guarantee victory the second. Maybe time. Um, I think in order for Michigan State to take down Michigan, they're going to need a, a term I love to use: a legacy game from somebody. And I'm feeling a Didi Hageman legacy game on Sunday. That would be I'm in on that. Like a nice twenty burger and maybe like seven assists. Imagine. If she did that, that would be an incredible performance. But. We would have so Mich- much to talk about. We would. That would be a great segment. Um, we should invite her on if that happens. We should. I mean, we can get on that. But anyways, I think they're going one and one this week. I don't know who they're beating and who they're losing to. I'll be completely honest, but I do think they get one. Uh, kind of because they need it. And just like, I mean, obviously, we all feel the way we'd feel about the University of Michigan. After the post-game press conference in Ann Arbor, I disliked them even more. Um, when their head coach, Kim Barnes-Arico, talked about how just felt the need to slip in that Michigan's the greatest university in the world. And I just, I, I mean, I know there, there's a bunch of journalists in the room, but I mean, nobody really asked. But <laughs> just saying, nobody asked about that. We asked a lot of questions. That was a long presser we it had. It was the longest presser like I've ever been to. 45 minute press conference. Oh, that sounds delightful. It was delightful. Except Too bad for part, I missed it. Yeah, I know. You were like skiing or something like that. That is exactly, oh my God. exactly what I was Wait, doing. And like Susie, was, or Coach Merchant was very much talking, and then Michigan's head coach like busts in the room and starts screaming. Did, yeah, she kind of just like walked in and we're like, she's still talking. How dare she disrespect Susie I know. Merchant, the well, Susie Merchant. Yeah, and I we don't know. Um, wouldn't it be wild if Coach Merchant, I, we have no idea what her status is, if her first game back, because uh, associate head coach Dean Lockwood is still running the team as of right now, but if Coach Merchant's first game back was Sunday. Can it be that, the a energy Coach Merchant in the building, and then they win, legacy but, game? 
what is she going to, I mean, I hope she doesn't like assault the other head coach or something. Shout out Joanne. But, <laughs> wow. But I mean, okay. I'm just saying we don't, we don't do that here. Okay. We don't. We don't. The, We're not we as in the University of or Michigan State University <laughs> do not do. University, University of Michigan <laughs> State. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyways, regardless, this has gone wow. off the rails. I'm going to, I'm cutting the cord right now. Uh, that's going to do it for today, uh, for this week's episode. Marin. You have them going one and one or zero oh and two. I said one and one. One and one. Jay has one and one, beating Michigan. Yes, that's correct. Allie has the same thing. I have one and one. I don't know who the hell they're beating. They're so, beating somebody. They're going to beat somebody. Maybe themselves. They love. Maybe. They love to beat themselves all the time. Just saying. They that if that was a stat, they would lead the country in that. But regardless, win that's going to do. What I said? Win the tournament. Win the tournament. They've never missed the tournament two years in a row under Coach Susie Merchant, but they're at risk of that this year. So we'll see if that ends up happening. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Follow along for both games. We won't have live coverage of the game in Nebraska. Shocker. Uh, not in the budget for us to go. But we will be um, at the game. I believe Jay will be there writing for sure. Marin might be there. Okay. Allie and I will be on the call. 3 p.m. tips. So we'll go live around 2.50. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. You can find Breslin Breakdown on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Impact89FM.org, or anywhere else you find your podcast. And we will see you all next week. Thank you for listening.